Nice. All right. Uh, me too. I remember last time, well, not last time, I, there's some people put a Reddit thread up and they were discussing it in the Reddit thread. I asked for some feedback. People said audio was a bit of an issue. So hopefully the levels are better now. They're probably worse. Everyone said I was too quiet. So now I'm probably too loud. Uh, but Rush isn't home at the moment to assist with helping the, with the level. So when he is home, when he's back from his little visit to his family, I can get him to help. So that'll be next time. Um, okay, gentlemen, we're, we're back on the microphones here. Jason, I saw that you enjoyed the cover art that I, uh, that I put up for the podcast. Yeah, I like it. That's some, uh, that's some old school shit. That's from St. Petersburg, right? That was yeah, like, uh, I don't know if we referenced that last time we were no, we chatting. Well, I didn't know that was going to be the cover art last time we were chatting. I would have referenced it. No, but, but I, talk we'll about, I talk about ice hockey locker rooms a lot, right? And the fact that Yanko <laughs> and I saw these poor little girls yes. getting their legs stepped on by, you know, ice skating teachers. That was one of the weirder Russia. event experiences when you enter into a venue, seeing like a toddler ice skating class going on. That was in 2017. No, and their parents insane. just berating them. Well, yeah. yeah, I didn't understand. Maybe Yanko understood a little bit more than what I did, but that was that was a weird event, right? Like St. Petersburg, Russia, 2017. I think the final was like SK versus VP, and that was it was like, a good one. Yeah, best best of five. Five. one of the first good best of five finals we had. They had a full like uh, theatric kind of introduction to the event. It was like a weird 360 stage, wasn't it? But it wasn't. It was like it had all these props and stuff, and barrels, and guys were like coming down, like rappelling That's down right. ropes and stuff. Yeah. It was. It had a very theatrical feel to it, but that event there was uh, that was an interesting time, right? Twenty seventeen, in I don't, was it would have been late in the year, right? It was it was very cold. Yeah, it was October, November, something like that. But that's just, when, uh, yeah, that was well, that was when um, SK had like their last gasp run with like was it bolts? They did have in? bolts there, yeah. And they did, and they ran, they they ran off like three or four events in a row that they won with him, or maybe it was a little bit more than that. It was right, it was during like the right after the Phelps drama, the first time they brought him in. Yeah, having two aggressive players holding the B bomb side together, Phelps and Fur was the experiment that just uh, that that didn't work, and Phelps yeah. never really landed on his feet since the point. Well, think- or or having him and Cold hold B on cash, where it's like never playing to just Phelps just putting down the smoke and playing around the smoke and leaving cold by himself and it was just hilarious i'll tell yeah. you what i didn't i didn't feel bad for the for the ice skating girls at that event i felt bad for 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 you guys because i think that's where you guys really kind of uh you know we'd always done it a little bit but this event was a new level this is where you guys invented like podcast mode because our green room was the same room as the desk which was just mm. some shitty little like locker room off the hallway and there were so many delays that event back then that you guys would end up doing like three hour desk segments. Like you, Machine, and Yanka would be like three hours of like a podcast at the desk. And then the game would come. And then an issue would pop up and it would go back to you guys for like another 20 or 30 minutes. That was, uh, and for like, I think for like six days, you guys didn't get to leave that room. You were in that room for like 14 <laughs> hours a day. I think we really bonded with the camera guys as well. You know, <laughs> we were just laughing it off. They didn't speak. English, right? I speak only a little bit of Russian, so it was just they were trolling as well. Like, oh well, back up. Like, <laughs> maybe yeah. the game's not live. It's like, yep, yeah, back to us in the studio. It was really that, strange, right? That whole that whole event. I think food food was probably that's one of those events where you come back and you've lost like three or four kilos at least. Just you yeah, well, and eating chocolate bars and stuff, or you gained it because the only thing you can get is like ordering pizzas and McDonald's yeah. and True. whatnot, right? Only junk food. We went to yeah, a pizza we- hut there, didn't we? 
we did go to a pizza hut there like right right down the street from that we tried to go to uh chinese food i think on the way to oh, the pizza right. hut. and the yeah. chinese restaurant uh yanko has a thing with uh with i think service Spicy staff food? restaurants being restaurants being rude to him i think it was it was the oh. it was the person wasn't it yanko correct me if i'm wrong in there. in the chinese restaurant yeah wasn't it no was it just the spice we couldn't tell what was spicy or not maybe i'm making things up. i don't know i don't think i think you mixed it up with like some other event okay the Boston one is the the classic one. <laughs> the Boston major that's a classic story right there. But yeah, the, the I remember the food in 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 St. Petersburg. That was the first one of the first times I'd really experienced like the CIS style of uh you know put some sushi out in the morning for like breakfast uh, and then have the same sushi out at dinner and you're it's just like a little sweatier you know. <laughs> It was, it was it was strange that like that's one of the the ones where i'm fortunate that i can just go into this like camel mode where i don't really have to eat a whole lot as long as there's water everything's okay that was yeah. that, but we just didn't leave the green room and i know i've referenced this before but this was where like, me yanko and alex had to get up and just go for walks right just because you were in in this outside room for, like, 12 yeah. to 14 hours a day and you weren't like, there's no light it was actually you know it was a, it was a bit of a mess really um, and yeah. we would go for a walk and it was just to kind of get some fresh air. And I think there was a gas station I and mean, we may have gone in there just to get some basic supplies or something like that. But, you know, that's that's one of the things you talk about, like podcast mode being invented there. Yeah, we would just talk. This is, this is exactly what we would do right now. Alex would just pose some questions. Maybe sometimes we'd play silly buggers. But, you know, like a lot of the time it was just us talking Counter-Strike. And like I referenced on the last one, uh, how we don't really get to do that anymore. The same situation is we don't really get to do that more on the show either. Right. There, there's not too many occasions now where there's filling in the same way. And yeah. especially for desks, you know, like they we, we've had events in the past where we've brought the desks back, you know, like we've we've had that delays. We brought desks back, but you don't really get to either. You don't see too much of that anymore these days. I don't think that well, at least doesn't feel like it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm forgetting it's, all of the, the recent. It's memories. like a it's like a combination of like less delays because everyone's gotten better. And also show structure has started to get so much more formatted. Right. Like True. there used to be like some like five to ten minute segment in a desk where it was like all right we've introduced the teams and the lineups and then you guys are just filling time until until they go live um and then now it's so regimented with with sponsor segments it's i think it's one of the things that like counter-strike broadcasts were really really good at back in the day that we've kind of lost that i would i would like to have back in some level yeah i think we're all kind of on, on a similar vein there like y yanko you're the one doing well the desk the, the desk out of us mm -hmm. yeah but it, back in the day, like they went through like a transition, right? Obviously, you, I was playing in the in the beginning. Jason, you came in kind of early. Yanko was obviously doing uh, the observing stuff in in the, in the yeah. beginning. Um, but back in the day, it was a bit more a bit more focus on. I want to say that the, like entertainment as opposed to like hardcore diagnosis of what's going on in the Counter Strike. But the Counter Strike back then also didn't have the same layers to it as what today's game does, right? So there's all there's a bit of that, and there was more chopping and changing between like people who were casting games and on the desk. So that const that constantly happened. Then we hit a period where like we, we addressed it before. It was a bit more like me, Yanko and Alex on, on a lot of the desks. Um, and that's when we did like a lot of the free form stuff. Like Alex would just ask questions that were interesting in segments and we would, we would just follow it. Right. And it, it wasn't like as pre-planned as what it is now, which obviously meant we lacked certain graphical elements and stuff, but there was more time and it felt that like you got into more, organic conversations than you do now i, I don't know you st you feeling that yanko yeah man 100 <laughs> it was it was a lot more fun back then 
And maybe sometimes it it was too much, right, with all the delays. So you just go off yeah. on a tangent. And, you know, I, I remember that specific tournament, a couple of times it was like, oh, wait, a oh, yeah, there's a game happening. You know, like it's, it's been going on for so long that you sort of forget um, that you're doing a show and not just podcasting. I think what changed, though, it's not even as much because of the CS, which is obviously way better and, and, and you know, way more detailed and whatnot has more layers i think it's just that tournament organizers started focusing more on their show right like they're they, they want their show to be a certain way um so it's like these graphics and these sponsor segments and these all these like vts the that we have dif different content and so on where there's really not that much room for you to freestyle anything which is something that i particularly hate about desks because it's boring like i'm just relaying some information that you're seeing on the screen and sure like usually we just pick what we want to talk about and pick the topics but i think it should we should go back a little bit to making it more conversational or at the very least uh, giving us more room to go back and forth right like yeah. have less topics to talk about but the topics that we do talk about like it's a bigger discussion especially if you disagree about something you know, like, or if I hear, I can't know the, the interview that we play, what the player is going to say, you know? So maybe yeah. it's something super interesting. He says something that I want to discuss and I have the producer in my ear, uh, go to map veto or go to something when, you know, the map veto is super clear cut. And then even the map veto is like 30 seconds where they just bang out all the maps and I can't even give you a sort of an intro. Well, this is how it's supposed to be. So then if it's not like that, then you're surprised. And then you kind of, you know, watch the game from a different perspective. You understand, okay, this pick is a sort of a gamble, right? So then you're maybe more invested into the game or, you know, it changes the way you look at the matchup. Otherwise, if you just put it out there and I say, oh, yeah, well, this is a little bit of a surprise. Oh, you have to go to the casters. And then you don't really set the scene properly, which is what what we're there for. So I've been trying really to, to convince people to let us, you know, showcase the personalities on the desk a little bit more instead of just putting out, you know, numbers on the screen for people. It's like, also, dude, even for me, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, rating is this much. I think a lot of people don't even know either what rating really represents or what are, like, num like the, the scale for rating, right? Let's say, you know, obviously, one and under one is, like, not great, right? One Around, is average, yeah. One is Below average, one is right? less average. But, but, but what is it that you feel like, you know, is exceptional? Is it like yeah. over 110 or over yeah. 115? I feel like we need to do a better job at kind of scaling that, that, right? And because when you see like 113, you're looking, well, okay, that's better than one, better than average. But what is the, you know, if Simple shows up with a 135 rating, right? Like then you need to show, well, this is like actually really insane over the course of a tournament or like sometimes leading up to the playoffs uh, a player has 1.5 or or something like that right so we've talked about doing stuff like that in the past like trying to like standardize well i mean not with rating but like standardizing like the language, the language and the terminology yeah. we use on a broadcast so that everyone when when we're casting around the desk like the viewers always have are able to just kind of rely on the same standard definition and yeah, that'd be that'd be good to have with rating as well i don't know it's 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 funny because even even like i don't even i look at those rating numbers and like i know it's like good but i don't i don't entirely know what goes into the rating numbers what is what messes me up like what has the most weight 
I think they actually have an explanation on their website as well. Well, they well, have like impact too. rating as well now, which yeah. like you can reference. It depends on the type of players that you're, you're talking about. Like they released some good articles in, in recent time over there at HLTV, which is going into like a little bit more depth uh, about like this. Yeah, one... like the, the strong positions, the best roles and the worst roles to play. Yeah, there's one that they put the other day, this Nero guy, what are, the, what are Cisco's easiest and hardest T-side positions? And it goes through and it talks about some of them here. And obviously these things are going to change like in the meta of the game right like as maps yep. change or positions change or you know maybe some wet like i don't know things things like this are definitely always going to ebb and flow and change during time but these are really quite interesting uh pieces the thing is for the audience that we're dealing with in the broadcast that we're doing even numbers as y- yanko is referencing like rating on the majority of the audience it's just just something to be said right like if you come in you go yeah this guy is the highest rated player or this guy is the fifth highest rated player right you don't actually need to worry about what the rating is you just know that oh shit he's the highest rated player in the event right like the the viewer is going to take that but when you're talking about particulars of this guy's a 1.13 rating it's like what the fuck does that mean like is that better than his average is he contributing the best in the team like what it's it's how all these things are contextualized right and there has to be a, a way that we can like jazz it up a bit more or as you said, Yanko, like more conversational about it because I don't know. I don't think people are scared to have opinions. We definitely have some very opinionated people who are happy to, to throw shit out there. It's that we never And get, also bad uh, takes. So that's great. You can destroy them on the desk. It, well, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I was going to say. Like, that's, that's, yeah. a, that's what you want to have the freedom for, right? <laughs> like if someone's going to say something that's out of line or they're going to make a really big statement, like if you're a desk host or if you're the analyst next to him, you want to be able to have the, that conversation to be like, well, how the fuck did we even get here? Like maybe this guy's a genius, but first of all, like where's this thought process come from? How can they justify this? How can they say this? And if we don't like have time to have those conversations because we're going from like uh, one piece to the next piece, it, it, it loses the heart and soul. And that's the thing. This is the thing with Counter-Strike. Not every pre-game and every post-game segment are the same. They're all different, right? The the highlight point of a game or maybe one player plays well or maybe it's a team effort or maybe this team had like a fucking groundbreaking strategy and every there's always a different highlight to what a game is. So by trying to like, I don't know, put put all these segments into a run of show, that's the, that's the issue, right? Like we're, we're going from something that's sold to something else that is sold. There's too many elements, like, did what did you think when they were yeah. running the veto in the interviews with Freya? Did you think that was a good, better use of that time, Yanko? I think that's cool. I think I'll, I, I think that's better. I, I think also we're getting better uh, in understanding which players or which teams are good interviews and which aren't. Yeah, right. True. Like every time you talk to Hampus, you get something like good, right? So you want to have that interview in an NIP game, right? But sometimes when you talk to, I don't know maybe some of the CIS teams, right? Because they're a little bit uncomfortable with the English and then, you know, or they give you generic answers, someone who's super media trained, like potentially Astralis sometimes, right? Then you're really not getting much out of them. So either you do something with the veto that you are quote unquote forcing them to give you something good in that sense, or you just don't do it. Like there was that segment at Cologne with Magis uh, from, from Spirit where he was just... I mean, it was something ridiculous where I was just like, well, thanks for that, dude. Like, it, it was a 30-second thing where he didn't, he didn't say anything, basically. You know? I was like, wow, awesome. Great that we did that. You know? And everyone was just laughing. That was the, the segment, Chad, where we were, like, dying. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The caster, like, position right next to us. I just lost it. 
I just went off the script for that but, segment. But that whole thing, right? Like uh, that that was I don't know why I just couldn't stop laughing. That segment was like I was that was one of the funniest uh, segments. Fuck Patsy. A... That was like also something like that. You know, screw Patsy. I don't want to talk about Patsy. Yeah, it was very like that. That thing is, it was it it wasn't showing the normal flow, right? Like you, but that's the thing. Like, well, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say like think of it this way too. Like one of the most memorable moments that was created on the broadcast at Cologne was Trace and Vagus like just improvising and kicking, kicking the, the chairs chair, over. Yeah. And like that's not that's that's not scripted in any way. That's not like in in the show rundown is make magics do something stupid. You know that's just yeah. <laughs> uh, you know if that's what happens if you give a broadcast a little bit of freedom. I you know to get back to your initial question as well. I I low key I I've always really hated the veto segments on desks. I think for I think like ninety percent of the time they're kind of a, a waste of oxygen broadcast so I, I like them being over the interviews yeah the problem um, is we don't have the same like in-depth like let's say if it's two teams who play against each other uh, against each other all the time like the mind games that they play from when they play in practice to how they play the veto last time we don't get all of that unfortunately like we're just going okay well this is a strong map for these guys they could go for this one or they could go for this one this is a weakness you know we say talk about punish picks and shit but Otherwise, like the the real cool underbelly of the veto, you would actually need the teams to like come out after and be like, yeah, we would pick this map this time. But they obviously hold a lot of that close to their chest, which is understandable. Well, I'd also I also think it'd be cool like if you could do a map veto, like if we're going into like a quarterfinal or like a semifinal game, right? And we kind of know what the maps are going to be, and it's like, yeah, let's just say it's like Yanko and Maniac. I'd rather instead of having this big beefy, quick hitting like pregame show. If we're going to actually want to go into like the veto side of things, I'd rather us like say why these maps are so good. Like, why is Mirage going to be such a fun match between these two teams? And Yanko's like, well, look at the way this team attacks on the offensive side of Mirage. They emphasize this kind of mid control and they like to fuck with you and go up connector uh, and they're really going to challenge you and they'll leave a lurker. And then you have Maniac on this side and say, yeah, and that's super cool. But look at the way actually this team defends against something like that. You know, like I'd rather All actually right. have some some content behind. Like, I don't I don't just want to hear this team is good on map X. I want to know like, why are they good? Like, what is the viewer going to see in this game? That's going to make it, that's going to make it exciting for them. So this is where my blood is starting to boil. <laughs> okay, so a couple of things. First, we did this for some pro league games this season, me and Kassad. Like there was one week where yep. Rush was like doing, I don't know what, or he was off. So he wasn't I observing, had him. he was making clips so, for you. So I had him do that. And then we would do it in the pregame. I think it was really cool. And I think it works really well also with two people. Like, you, you kind of just set it up beforehand a little bit. Listen, I'm going to talk. I'm going to make this point, and you can jump in with the other thing, and then it goes back to me. And it's more dynamic, and it's really cool. And I think it was great. Our produ producer loved it, right? It's just Rush is usually observing, and then there's no one who can do those clips properly, right? So so that it looks good on, uh, on the broadcast, right? The second thing is, and this is the most frustrating thing. This is what Maui was kind of doing for the grand final in cologne right is that he and this also involves at least for me i'm not going to go out and talk about a team and like say some stuff what you want to if i watch like one map or two maps like i'm going to do my research like when i was counting teams when i was coaching i'm going to watch last four or five maps that they played or games on that map try yeah. to find some tendencies and point it out or if these teams played each other on the map see how they change from the first time to the second time and what i could predict potentially happening the third time Blah, 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 blah. So I, I don't want to talk out of my ass. I want to make sure I did the proper research. And this takes time, you know, in a tournament where you're already doing games and whatnot. So then you do all of that. 
and someone makes it and it looks great and you're super happy with it and then some fucker in the control room presses the wrong button or doesn't <laughs> press the button and then and then you throw to the, the trace sometimes hard throws to the content and it doesn't show up and then because we have three seconds for every segment if it doesn't get thrown on screen in those 10 15 seconds then we don't have time to play it and then it never gets show and dude that's always to me is just so frustrating because it's it, it we literally got that for the grand final it was like oh this guy pressed the wrong button or someone forgot to throw to the to the video or even worse you make the throw and then the guy plays the wrong thing you know and that's just so it, it's really frustrating where you're just like oh man like come on especially i i, I could tell Mao, like Mao is pretty chill but but he was pretty tilted about that because that's you know it it, it really because he watched the game and then during the game because his his uh, bits were like before the map right so during the map exactly what he was kind of pointing out happened so you could really tie it in really well right we could we could go back to it in the post game and say hey you saw what maui like showed you guys this is what happened you know like it's 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 really cool when you can tie everything in like that so yeah that content would be would be great but couple of things like that and and for you chad the the thing that frustrates me as well is like man we're in the arena like why isn't the pre-show 10 minutes longer yeah. you know like what why are we how are we always the best thing is when there's like an hour break the game ends early and somehow we still don't have enough time just start the pre-game three minutes before and give us for every content piece like 20 extra 30 extra seconds you know if we have that time it's like so ridiculous then the pre-show is more storylines and even the, the match of specific storylines and then when you go into the pre-game you do the more nitty-gritty stuff like jason said right like more detail more map specific more matchup specific things i think favorite, yeah. yeah sorry jason uh, i was gonna say my favorite thing with with all the, the death stuff when i what's well, funny now because we're actually kind of... uh oh Did we cutting out oh, a bit, can you hear me okay we got you still got you um it's funny now we kind of like beg for death segments where we beg for like tech delays so de death segments can be longer but my favorite was always like you'd have like this death segment you were really pumped about doing this post game you had like a huge point you like you broke it down on like nowadays it's skybox back then it was like shit. and you have this all prepared to like break down you spent like 20 minutes on it during the game making sure the camera right and then like the game goes to overtime and you get up to the desk and the producer uh, that game ran like 15 minutes long, so we are going to cut five minutes out. Moses, your breakdown is no longer going to be <laughs> featured. This and I'm just like, well, fuck me. Like the the the, la the 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 decreasing motivation when that happens to you. Like, we got to fix so your brutal. mic, Jason. We got to fix. Well, yeah. I don't know what's going on with your mic. Then not yeah, the other your, mic problem, your volume gate is maybe got a little. Yeah, bit. I I lowered the gain because it was it was peaking on my meter, but now I just. So you're changing the up. volume when I'm trying to do the levels of the start of the show, mate. You're making it <laughs> well, real hard for I the was, fucking I sound was, guy over here. I was getting like flashing red lights. Red, you, you didn't know? like the red. Okay, no, the red All scares right. me. It intimidates me a little. Well, bit. you weren't peaking for me, but we, I want to make sure that it is mentioned that you said Shadow GG, just so we're not like bleeping. You don't have like some kind of because you you said Skybox <laughs> obligation. Yeah, yeah, I gotta even yeah but that's that's the thing right and that's that's where like some of these different events um oh and well let's let's go off the top here this isn't the first time that the three of us have ever had a conversation about this before uh and this is stuff that we talk to the companies we work with a lot right and it's it's one of these frustrating things which is that there were so many things which happened in the early days that were good 
that we moved away from. And I don't think we knew at the time that they were good, or maybe we did know at the time that they were good, but we moved away because some guy had an idea and we tried something different and then we stuck with that, right? Like only just now we're getting back to getting the desk back in the arena, getting the cast back in the arena, because we had like those years, right, where they made the changes and, and the changes like directly affected the broadcast. And we don't know where those changes came from because it's like we the problem wasn't broken. Like you just, you actually just yeah. broke it, right? I mean, that's um, also, oh, sorry. I, I, no, you're all right, man. Go. No, I was like, I don't understand what happened in the arena in Cologne. Like I thought what Pala did and all that stuff, I thought it was insane. I thought it was really good. I think he did a great job. The, the crowd was super hyped, but there were moments where we're in, we're doing our segment and there's nothing in the arena. None yeah. of that content is happening. And they're not putting our like audio and video out. It's like, I can understand you're trying to, you know, hype the crowd up and you have content just for them. And you're doing things and whatnot. That's all great. But I felt like you can do that during the Twitch ads. I mean, during the normal break. And then when our segment is, you play it. And then again, from our segment, it goes to another break and then the game goes live. So you have that three minutes in the end before the game goes live to really make the crowd go crazy so that as you're going into the pistol round, right, they're already screaming and, and, and shouting, right? So that just felt weird, you know, like... Yeah, well, when we got some to miscommunication the, there or something, I guess. Well, when we got to a certain point when it, before you went coaching, Yanko, and I, I want to talk to both of you boys a little bit later about coaching stuff, actually. But uh, excellent. Bef before you went, oh, let me go get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we were getting to the point with you, me, and Alex, where like the point we would leave it was we we would know from the producer is getting closer to like the walkout time or the, the yeah. point where it's going to go to the casters. So our conversation is getting shorter and shorter, and our points are getting snappier and snappier and more like you know the player to watch for this one it's going to be such and such over towards yard he has to make all the impact and then you know yanko comes over site the machine takes it like and then and then throws it to the casters and they get to grab it already you know at like an eight or a nine and then they get to take it all the way up to the fucking 11 to kick off the game uh i i think um that's one thing that'll be lost there that kind of like build in and also playing with the crowd like some fun stuff we've been able to do in the past like when we were in sydney jason and it's like you mean yeah. trace and there's the kangaroo and play like that kind of stuff uh, that that's that sucks as well, and I think it's just with with Cologne. ESL obviously took a bit of uh, inspiration from what Blast were doing with their in arena entertainment, right? They just they they went full blast, right? Whereas people who have been coming to Cologne for years consecutively, they knew or noticed that the desk wasn't in arena, right? And they had that conversation. I think there was a Reddit thread about it, and people were chatting about, it and they were like, "No, this isn't normally the case. Like normally the desk is in there, and how am I going to hear?" You know, and and yeah, maybe they're right. Maybe it is only the, you know a small subsection of the audience, or maybe it is only a certain percentage of the audience, right? And other people are going to go to the bathroom and get food and do whatever the fuck. But there's still a portion of the audience who were used to that, and then you didn't end up getting it right. Um, they they were sorting it out a bit more for the grand final, weren't they, Yanko? I thought there were some moments they're where trying, you guys yeah. were were definitely like it was intermittent, but they they were definitely trying. I feel like I'm there were there were straws here. There were audio guy issues, so they would have them. They they added them to the arena for the grand final. Uh, I think after all the the threads, but the audio at times wasn't brought up for the desk, nope. so it was visually there, but audio uh, not. So well, you can see your beautiful face. Uh, what I heard was no one told the guy in arena, so he was live mixing the audio because as you know, like no one told him beforehand. Oh. But then apparently, what happened was well, he just wasn't listening when they were doing like. The video because when they were doing the rehearsal or whatever the brief for that day and they said okay is everyone 
aware of the change and you know he didn't say anything he said like yeah or whatever and then you know just wasn't paying attention i guess he missed it he it went over his desk yeah i guess it'll happen well look i did say i want to talk to you guys about coaching do you want to talk about coaching sure absolutely there it's one of my favorite topics well look i'll be honest i never really got like have had like a deep chat with the two of you about it because i always it always felt like it, there were traumatic experiences that ended for the two of you and they're like pressure points. So, you know, like you kind of, you kind of walk around them. You don't, you don't get fully stuck into them. I don't want to talk about like how it all went like internally or with the orgs or with the players and that kind of shit. I don't give a fuck about that. What I care about is like how the, how teams are functioning at the highest level these days. Right. Because when I retired, we're talking the middle of 2016, right? So it's it's been some time now. And I'm just curious, like, I know that you guys were coaching, well, Jason more recently, but uh, it, it's still some years in it. I, but I wanted to kind of see what people were doing, if you guys could offer up any of that. Jason, I know that you had HEPA, for example, as an analyst over there when you were in the liquid-like yeah. days. And every team seems to have an analyst now. So I don't know. Is it still the simple shit like, all right, boys, we're going to get into a server. We've got this default. We're going to have a variation of the default. We're going to have a couple of set strats. We watch some demos. We work out the game plan before Tom, Dick, and Harry play here, here, and here, and here are CT. Like, what what are we talking about on an on average day to day? Well, I think also Jason and mine's experiences were very different. Yeah, vastly different. Because Jason, you know, Liquid has a massive facility. True. He had a support staff right whether it's just one analyst or whatnot uh, me i was just a one-man show <laughs> pretty much so was there a manager there at the time it wasn't Robin there well Robin was the manager yeah he was like sort of helping us out with you know flights and stuff like that like the usual i didn't have to do that and and towards the and i guess or in the last i don't know maybe during 2019 i'm not really sure like let's say six months nine months we started like bringing him to tournaments as well well initially he didn't even you know he he had another kid right and he wanted to spend more time with his family but he's a great guy just to you know having around to to hang out for the atmosphere and and whatnot but yeah in general i mean it all depends how you how you set it up and the players you have and the team you have for me personally since i always had veteran players right i always felt like online practice is going to be pretty shitty um and, and not very productive so I, I would like to give my players after a tournament a couple of days off with no practice. It also gives me time to find some new things, uh, look at what we need to change, add some new uh, things that we're missing, you know, whether it's strategies, some echoes, some half buys, whatever. Um, and then we do online practice and we add those things and we do, and we do reps on, on, on that stuff. But, what, but what then we, always... I want to jump in there, Yanko. Like, uh, yeah, like sure. the, the, so you're talking about... So back in the day, right? I would just have made a document, right? I would have literally just had like a Word document or some shit where I would like write all my strats. And then eventually I think this is when Google Drive and people had access to those things, you'd make something a bit more communal so that people could get access to it and see the strats and you'd take screenshots and you'd write little blurbs about what each player was meant to do and stuff. You'd have, there was a guy for me back in like source days, I think his name was Numpke. He would like make videos of like, yeah. uh, like strategies of, of other teams and he would send them to me. Like, are we talking like that type of detail uh, where, where people are still making those documents? Is it a bit more official? What like that, that stuff I'm curious about, like the actual like produ production of these strats and different game theories. And when you do, you just sit there as a team and you go, okay, when this happens, this is how we want to react. Do you like write it down like a fucking law or is it just, okay, everybody needs to remember this now? 
well, reactions we weren't really writing down. Uh, for some of the strats, like the players would have it written down what they're doing, especially in the newer ones with Adam. So they would have a, a Google Doc for themselves or however they want to do it. And then they would just add notes in there and they I would tell them to print it out and to have it with them so that, you know, we don't waste time having them to ask Nico or me, you know, oh, what am I doing in, in, in this strat, right? So so for that, it's that way. The, the video things I didn't do because I have no ed editing capabilities and... You know, I had to do five things at once, so I couldn't really spend time on that. But I remember a couple of times, you know, Brocky, for, for example, would find something and then he would quickly just whip it up in, in, in something and send to each guy what he's, you know, what his player was doing in that strat, right? Which is also, I mean, super easy and, and, and super helpful. But yeah, as, as I was saying, saying, it's pretty much like that. And then, then you know, we would do a boot camp before a tournament. And then, whether it was a boot camp or online, when we meet first, it would be a little bit for the players to wake up, some death match and whatnot. Then we would jump into the server and do some theory. Whether it's usually online, it would be adding new stuff online. Sometimes it would be rewatching some things together, right, and pointing out. You know, sometimes it's pointing out mistakes, but then I realized halfway through it's better to reinforce like positive things than to cling too much onto, you know, bad things, mistakes, and so on. Um, and you try to reinforce that, and because some of those that situational Counter Strike stuff, that doesn't matter which map it is, right? Like it, it, it's the same thing, you know. In a five v three, this is what we want to do. This is what we want to avoid. That's the same on any map. So you do that. You schedule some scrims. There's a break in the middle for food. Then you have more scrims. And then just after that, you're kind of either casually discussing something, you know, that's where you make it a little bit more relaxed. And that's where I would, you know, just think about how the day went and what are the things that we're struggling with, where we need to put our focus on. And in the boot camp, that's where the players would just jump into FPL or something and then play some more games, really. That's definitely an interesting thing, like how each player has their own way that they want to. Like, there's no streamlined way to like warm up because, like, one of the things you think about is like in traditional sports, a lot of these teams do drills, right? Like, that are more for individual skill, not always team-based things. And those drills seem to be more like streamlined now. But there's obviously, uh, I would say, more direct ways that some of the individuals want to train things, right? That that would be how everybody is in in the world of everything. But it feels like. It, like coaches would go, all right, guys, today we're doing exactly this, right? Whereas in Counter Strike, it doesn't feel like that's that's the same same thing. They don't get people to sit and play like a hundred bots with I, the AK. I kind of I tried to do shit like that. Oh yeah, uh, it didn't work super well because like one of the things that I, I I'd always thought about like Liquid, uh, especially in like 2018, I noticed it, and I think it held up a little bit in 2019 outside of their crazy run. And I certainly noticed it when I came in on board with Liquid. Is like they just had a tendency to like start really slow in series. Like sometimes, especially against like underdog teams, they would like start really really slow and and flat on the first map and have to dig themselves out of a hole in the second half, or have to start the series, you know, down zero one against a team that they should be beating two nothing. Um, and especially when I when I started coaching them, I noticed like it felt like the like communication was just like MIA. It, it was like maybe like 50, 60 percent of what it should be on the opening map specifically. So um, I started like, you know, it was one of the things that was I didn't for me, for my preferences and what I grew up kind of playing was there wasn't enough like interaction between the players leading into the, the match starting. So like I tried to do things like I'd hop into the server and like we do like 45 minutes um, as a team doing like 3v3s on a map USP or on a map. It just like not even necessarily meant to like 
train your aim so much, but like just meant to like get the guys like talking to each other, maybe talking a little smack, maybe like telling a few jokes, just like something to get people communicating and having mm. a back and forth. Um, and I mean, you just kind of eventually we just went away. I just went away from it because the, the players didn't really think it was all that necessary and all that fun and or not fun, but like they didn't find the value in it. And you can tell they weren't really putting a, their, their heart into it. And so in that case, it really wasn't going to be effective in any way. Um, so I let them kind of go back to, to their own stuff. And, uh, you know, Keith likes to Keith's like warm up for, for matches was like a four hour process of just um He'd be like a matching or he'd be death matching and playing against bots. And then he'd watch like a, you know, 20 minutes of like a, of like yeah, fucking hip hop YouTube. And then he would look at, he would look at, he would watch like VODs of the upcoming team we were going to play. And he'd just like rotate through that cycle for like four hours. Alish comes in and has this whole setup and plays his like 20 minutes of, of aim lab or whatever it was and does his like his bots for another like 20 minutes and his own stuff. And Jake did a lot of death matching and then looking at the, uh, at the opposing team VODs and everything like that. So everyone is a little bit different, but most of my time as a coach was, um, trying to improve the way that they communicated with each other, like leading into matches because, um, you know, I didn't come in there to be like a tactical guy, but it felt like, like there was, it was situations where it felt like the players would come to me and say, um, you know, this guy doesn't like know what he's doing. He doesn't know like how to support me in this situation properly. And it's like, well, you guys like, don't ever like talk about this coming into the match. Like, you, you know, like you guys aren't on the same page going into the match. So there's obviously going to be a disconnect. So I was always trying to find ways to get them to kind of have those conversations leading into things and, and leading into practice. But also yeah. for you, Chad, I mean, I, I thought that was really cool. And some of the tools showed up a little bit later. I think like the refrag stuff is pretty cool all around it. And I think yeah. it would be more beneficial for players to do that. I don't put too much stock into deathmatch and and aim bots, right? Because it's not real game scenarios, right? It's like just in you know, everyone who's played deathmatch, people are spawning behind you all the time. You're you're having to flick a lot, right? People are coming from different directions. Like in a game, you're not gonna have those situations happen very often you know unless you're an entry and then you know you're doing an a execute on you and you're coming out of hot and then you need to look at five different positions pretty much at once right aimbots as well they're not really shooting back at you like it's it's good maybe for like five ten minutes just to warm up your your arm but for example playing those pre-fire angles you know things like that where, where you're just practicing based off your position right the banana player on inferno basically just doing that for a couple of rounds of that i i think it could be definitely more useful and i think those drills like like you guys mentioned like to create them for players for their specific role for their specific position also for things that they're weaker at you have guys who are better sprayers but don't have really good like first bullet accuracy and vice versa you have guys who their spray isn't really great so you give them more spray heavy drills right it's like in basketball you know if a, if a player is having trouble with free throws he's going to spend more time at the free throw line right if ball handling is a problem you're going to give him more drills to improve his ball handling so i think that's still an area where we're probably lagging behind a little bit more and for me and jason again veteran players experienced players you know old habits are tough to break yeah and also to be fair when you when i have a player like nico and rain as well who have really great aim you know you don't want to change it too much and make it make them uncomfortable right and 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 you know put them out of their comfort zone and then they're going to be like well 
I had a bad game because I wasn't doing my own thing. Adren had an interesting like way to warm. He was doing these like pre-fire things and whatnot. And I remember all the other guys when they saw, oh, this is really cool. What map is this? Like send it to me. So they wanted to try it out. So yeah, uh, different players have different different things. I remember yeah. one one thing I liked in the refrag stuff that that uh, that was out there on ESCA at the time that that I was doing it is you could um, you could like save an opposing like a team's strategy and you could actually like play against it. You know, yeah. like you could like there you could save the execute. Um, but like the the feature, it's a cool feature, and the only time I ever got it to work properly was when I was actually sitting with Casey Foster doing like the actual <laughs> doing the actual walkthrough. I'd bring the team in, and it would be like so clunky, and it'd be like we'd we'd be there for like an hour, and maybe like twenty minutes of it was uh, was actually efficient. So like I could never get it to run smoothly when all five players were actually like ready to go, which was uh, which was quite annoying for me. But I think that would have been that could have been an interesting addition. I don't know how how impactful at the end of the day it would have been, but but in theory, it seems like it'd be really cool. I know he's doing some stuff now where he's like syncing up for teams. Uh, there, if they record their team speak, uh, then he'll sync up yes, their comms. Yes, the demo. Yeah, and the the thing that I think is important with that demo feature, like especially for teams, is you can lock players to watching certain POVs. So if you want to watch back a demo and you want to know that this guy is watching this player and not just flying around the map doing you know God knows what. Uh, you can like lock in to watch this player, and there's all those different features with it. Like it had the pre fire. They they're constantly adding stuff well, over there. There's an idea like <clears throat> what what you know would be a cool thing to do with a team is especially what you wanted to do, Jason, with uh, players communicating more. Like you put your B players on that and have them defend against an execute, and you throw a couple of different executes their way just to make them talk to each other. And and one time they just have one smoke and one flash, and the next time they have no nays. This time they have mollies as well and you just make them kind of communicate like role play it as if yeah. it's live and also knowing let's say you play against big or you play against astralis more execute heavy teams have utility usage like you can do that as a sort of a warm-up there's a lot of cool things you could do it just someone has to come out and kind of implement it and introduce it and then everyone's going to start copying it right? it's, it's interesting like that no one's time. doing that yet though because like i think there, there has to be more ideal ways to warm up. Like all these tools, we got like Shadow GG and all those other platforms that are similar, right? Stats Helix is one that used to be once upon a time. Gnosis is another name. They're all very similar. 2D, you can just look at demos. It's really good to look for utility usage and timings and, and default setups and all that stuff. That one's a really good one. Skybox, a bit more detail in how the utility is being used, a bit of a more in-depth look with uh with the, the 3d element of all that and then you have things like yprac maps or refrag which starts to go like super in like in depth of some of it. But then and then you have all these other stats websites like leadify who are taking all of your data and they say yeah you need to improve at this and that you'd think like it'd be in, like an interesting concept for somebody to grab all these things look at what the best metrics are based off what we were talking about before with rating putting them all into a package putting like a budding group of youngsters together and giving it a go i think that thing that they're going to have a problem quantifying is the issue you have with liquid jason which is instilling that camaraderie and something i wanted to talk yeah. about like from a leap point from there is like the contrast between liquid and 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 i guess they always have seemed like a bit more like an introverted team maybe not introverted though because the comparison i want to draw is to like cloud nine with sean gares freakazoid jordan nothing gilbert skadoodle and shroud right you had like the bro culture in that team you had jordan freak and sean who like definitely had that bro culture and yeah. like and and then you you think you go down the line there and then they kind of take like shroud and skadoodle under their wing because they're like the they're like the geeky kids right? who are, but they're yeah. the ones who are going to get the homework done you know and they were they were part of the crew like 
they their whole thing was like the the, the cutoffs exactly right but that team had the culture that you wanted well maybe not the exact culture but the type of team bond and you know like freakers are going we heart and jordan being like that fucking kind of funny happy-go-lucky guy always with a positive attitude those type of people right actually bring a lot to a team right? those that's why we when we talk about somebody like jacks for example and that right there that is luck of the draw with the players you get and the personalities you have like i don't know how you're meant to you can't curate well i guess you can as like a coach or like a pillar figure you can try and curate that but if they don't buy in and they're not playing like you, you kind of fucked in that regard aren't you like it's impossible it's impossible to get them to to to. They have to want to be part of that kind of culture and have fun with in in that way. And if you're saying people are a bit more particular in how they do things, maybe that's how your Kinder was talking about with the outsiders team, right? Like how it was more of a business. They're just like they're not friends. They just go on the server and they just they're working. But that's that's a weird one. What what do we think about that? No, I think it's I think it's super important for no other reason. Like the the that kind of like like look at the end of the, like I know we're competing and we always talk about this as some crazy sport, but at the end of the day, these players and these teams have to be able to have fun together on some level, right? Like either the yeah. the either the competition itself is fun or the the work you put in as a unit to get to the level you need to compete is fun or I mean you just like someone on the like there has to be some level of enjoyment for the players because once you don't have that. Um, it's like everything kind of drops. Like I think in terms of creativity drops in terms of coming up with new ideas, you find yourself stuck a little bit more because you're not having fun and you're not trying to come up with ideas to get around something that's that's really difficult that you're encountering as a team. Um, your your communication drops off just like even subconsciously, like it's it's either, you know, not as frequently or not as effective and not as good. Maybe you're still communicating a ton, but it's not really high value communication. Uh, I think your ability to like kind of solve problems on the fly in the moment like really drops off. So um, you have to have some level of camaraderie just to know as a player that, you know, just to know as a player that the guy next to you is going to like have your back, right? Or the guy next to you isn't going to sit there and, and blame you. It isn't going to point a finger that, you know, that it's, it basically instills that feeling that you're actually on a team. And when you don't have that is when you start getting, uh, you know, maybe not individual plays in the game, but you certainly get individual philosophies infesting like the players and the team and, and kind of infecting that team mindset. Well, I, I remember also back in the day, you know, with SK, right? And then Luminosity and, you know, we we're a family, we we're yeah. brothers. And that's how it had, you know, everyone was like, yeah, that's why they're so good, you know, and whatnot. I always, <clears throat> I, I never liked that. I always felt like that was blown way out of proportion. I don't think you need to be best friends to be able to win together. I think definitely what needs to exist is respect. You yeah. need to respect your teammates. Like without that, there's no team and, and there's no chance of doing anything. And you're, you're almost never going to have five guys where everyone is like best friends with everyone else. It's just people have different personalities. Like you can be fine with your teammate and then there's an, another teammate that you're really connecting with, right? You have maybe this, the more similar interests and whatnot. And that's fine, right? But you need to have respect. And I think the problem is it's, it's, it's hard to... And of course, as Jason said, you need to have good chemistry. Like you need to be able to have fun together. It has to feel more like it has to feel as little as work as possible, which is difficult because the, the, the Counter-Strike is, is so high level nowadays. The, the, the details matter so much. And some of that stuff is tedious, right? Paying attention to detail is tedious and talking about the, the most minor of things in a round that can change the course of the round and whatnot. But I think that 
And a good example of that is look at this vitality team, right? I think without a doubt, everyone has been trying really hard to make things work. Today, the Danish guys, the French guys, everyone's, I think, you know, putting in the work and, and having like a, a good approach. But I think they could they can also tell like something is kind of off there, you know, or or was off, right? Like things are more difficult than they're supposed to be for a team with so much experience, right, and talent and whatnot. And that's when you really feel like you hit a brick wall because, you know, this is a team that was top three and you make the changes because you want to be the best team in the world and you're moving even further away for that, similar to, to G2 in this season. And we saw that with Cloud9 to an extent, right, just, just making a team out of nowhere. Like, you, that's why usually it's a, it's a process in building a team. Like, look, even at phase after Nico and me left and then they changed like a, a lot of the players on the team. But even initially, you know, they weren't doing great. They, they needed time to kind of figure things out, figure the correct group of players and build that chemistry, build some relationships within that team where now they're in a phase where they're always talking about, you know, how everyone's great and everyone's putting in the work for themselves as well well, and for the team. And that's why they're the best team in the world. You know, even someone like Crane, who's been playing for a long time, has finally changed some of the things, how we, how he works individually, right? Started watching some demos and whatnot, right? To, to improve his game. And I think that's why he's having not necessarily a career year, but a very, very good year so far being the MVP of the major and, and whatnot. And, yeah. and put that put all put that all together too, because like if if let's just say like if you just want to throw out a random number, let's just say it takes like ten hours of investment a day to be like a top Counter Strike player. Well, if you want to be like the champion, if you want to be able to win, and you want to create you know some kind of lasting impact on the scene, then it's going to take 13, 14 hours. And if you don't ever feel respect, if you don't ever have fun, if you don't have any camaraderie, like you're never going to feel motivation and you're never going to want to put in those extra two to three hours at the end of the day doing like playing the extra two pugs, you know, like you're never going to go above and beyond. And that's that's the important thing is getting people to feel like, you know, they want to do the extra work. This is one of the probably least talked about things though, right? Because it's this is the hardest thing to either talk about when we're doing the analyst perspective because we don't know a lot of the players personally, right? Like we can see the way that they react on the webcams after they die, for example, or in the huddle with their team. Are they the one leading the talk, right? But you, we don't we don't have like the full understanding that these teams have of like the players and their personalities. And that's kind of like a lot of the lucky dip I think you take here. And especially now like with all these international teams being a, a, a much bigger conversation with how consistent they're being, or for example, now FaZe being the best team in the world, like you also have another point about cultures, right? Like I'm sure for Kassad to be in a, in a team with Aussies for that long, right? Like the, the culturally speaking, right? I'm sure that both probably had to learn a lot in how they function, right? Uh, and then you can look at that when we're mixing all these other units together. It's a curious one. There was a player though that I was, um, I was thinking who might be struggling with, like not, I don't know. I don't know. This is I, I, when I see Nafani, right? He's the most, he's the only hype guy on cloud nine, right? Like he's the only one getting fired up and yelling. And yeah. some people aren't for that. Some people don't like that. I get it. You know, a lot of my teammates um, towards the end didn't like when I was getting fired up, but I like that. It made, I, I enjoyed getting into the game like that. Didn't help when you went winning often because it made getting fired up seem pretty silly to win six rounds and lose. Uh, but I really like that. I came from like an era of Counter-Strike in Australia where like that was it. Everybody was pretty loud and in your face and yelly and momentum based, right? And I see with Nafani, like he tries to be the 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 good vibe for the team, 
right? But he and it doesn't feel like he has anybody around him to uplift uplift that. And they seem like they're a smaller, more quiet type of squad, right? They're quite young. That, that so I think we hear that maybe Shiro is one of those voices there in that regard. But that's a thing for like a leader, especially a young leader like Nafani, who has to like learn how to harness this like getting fired up. I've heard him talk about it in an interview before where he said, yeah, I'm trying not to do it as much and and stuff like that. And that's one of the things where if you're now as an individual starting to like question how you're celebrating, if it was like a natural thing for you to do before, and that's now in your head as an in-game leader where you're trying to play, that happened to me. Once that happens, it's like, uh uh-oh. Like it's like, uh uh-oh, like it's fucking, it's all over. I'm questioning my entire identity. You have to go, you have to go do a bit of soul searching, right? It didn't work for me. That's why I became an analyst. Yeah, for me as well, uh, I think that particular situation, I was pushing them a lot about it, even Nafani, because I thought that was a problem for them. I thought they needed one more guy like that because sometimes in, in close games, in playoffs, when they're losing, it feels like they're all just like kind of sink in, right? And, and they can feel like the game is getting away from them, right? And And they don't have a way to reset themselves and like kind of get back into it, right, as a unit. You know, because they're missing some of that fire. They're missing someone who's going to bring the energy and say, hey, guys, like, come on, we can do this. Like, let's focus up. Let's get it. Whatever. It's it, Nothing you say in that moment is like, you know, th- th- there's no really thing that you say. And yeah, that's it. It's just like generic things. But it's more to, you know, get everyone's like blood pumping, get, get people fired up, get their energy up, because that's when you communicate more. When you communicate more, usually you're playing better Counter-Strike, right? And they were he was very adamant about that it's not a big deal that it's not a problem you know and that uh, he's just like that the other guys are more quiet that it doesn't af- affect them as a team but Definitely you know does. they weren't they, they weren't really winning yeah. much so i don't know maybe try it and and see uh, see what happens and just what what you were talking about what we were saying like you know it's important to make it fun and try to have fun and do it sure but also the other side of that coin is it's difficult to do that when you're not winning <laughs> or, you know, not at all, but, you know, when you're losing like close yeah. games, when the team is not performing on a level that everyone is expecting the team to perform at, right? Like, so, you know, you're not doing great, you're losing, which is obviously the opposite of fun. And then you're trying to put in more work to get better, right? But then that's also like kind of strenuous. So, so it's hard to keep a good mood going when things are going wrong. Right, so the, the, you you need to figure out a way. That's why I guess G two kept Jax for all this time, right? Because he just the type of a person he is can always make it like feel good to 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 play and uh, and do whatever, right? It's always kind of makes it makes it better. And they had their fair share of struggles. Yeah, I'm gonna be curious to see how that works out with the whole uh, G two situation. But I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to kind of pivot here. I want to, oh wait, I I was talking about drills before. Tell me what you reckon about these drills. two boys before we move on. So I used when I used to play back in uh, the CGS days, right? That's when I got to play with one an in-game leader from Australia called Boomser. Now Boomser and Tegs, Top Gun, his brother Soldier, Huck. Like that was basically this is the CGS time. I remember joining their team and um, they had a bunch of drills of things they they would do and these would be done on LAN, uh, obviously. But we would play when we had scrims against teams that weren't as good as us, right? Um, we would use no utility, which would be different today because in Source, you didn't have Molotovs and decoys. You just had the smoke, the flash, and the HE. So utility, you didn't have the same intricacies to it. But we would just default and not use any util, right? So you had to make sure you were trading and shit. That's what that was meant to incentivize. That was one like drill we'd play entire games with no nades. 
Um, and then another drill we did was like uh, we would do games with no sound. So you take the headset off, right? And you would just communicate. So you would have to like hold angles that weren't going to rely on you with sound cues. You'd hold the angles and then you would, you'd have to rely on all your teammates information as, and it would like encourage communication. Those were like drills that we used to do. Now that seems, they seem very archaic and I'm sure there's probably better ways to do them uh, today. But that, that was some of the stuff from like my experience. And this was playing it's over a decade ago now. Like, holy shit. That's a long time ago. 2008, I was in CGS. It's 2022. Oh, Jesus. That's ridiculous. We used to, we used to back in the day when I was still competing in like 1.6, we used to um, do a thing where we'd like go into, we'd go into a server and I mean, we would just say, all right, we're going to play five pistol rounds before. And then after the fifth pistol round, we'll just start the scrim. Or you'd go into a server with 16K and just be like, all right, we're just going to play like, you know, 20 minutes of gun rounds against, we just, you know, go with the team and just say 20 minutes of gun rounds, 16K, you get, I mean, now again, back then, as you just mentioned, Chad, like the economy was different. So you really only had gun rounds. You didn't really buy anything on the eco rounds. So it'd be harder to do something like that here. I think, you know, one thing I I tried to, I was, I was organizing towards the end uh, of my time in liquid was I was talking with uh, the guy over at complexity to be like, Hey, let's pick a day next week. um, And let's make like, let's make like Thursday next week, like a match day. Like, Like let's practice, let's do a practice with our teams where it's just like a full match day rundown. Like we're going to have a match at 11 a.m. Um, all right, guys, come down at like 9, get breakfast, you know, 9.30. Um, we're going to be talking, then do your warm-up, and we're going to get right in and treat everything like it is a match day, like from start to finish, everything around a match day, when you eat breakfast, who you eat breakfast with, how you talk about the game leading into it, um, and just simulate like a match environment, which you which you can't really ever do, but at least you can run through the operation and run through, you know, the schedule that you're going to have for it. Yeah, we'd have <clears throat> we'd have that as well. You know, usually towards the end of the boot camp, maybe the last day would be like, okay, we've tested the things, the new things that we've added, whatnot. The last day, we're playing the maps and we're playing them to win. You know, we're calling yeah. the best strats and whatever is in that situation, what makes the most sense. We're gonna do that. Uh, just to it's like an intensity we- shift. Yeah, but I also exactly. I, I also never believed really in 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 force practicing some strats in a sense of you know strats are situational like you call them in when your opponent has this much money or you know when when the score is this way and depending on what you did before in the half so i would always try even when we add the new things to just practice them when the situation calls for it because you know there's no point in calling a rush outside on train if your opponent has all the utility right like they're usually going to shut you down and then you're just getting false negatives, I guess. You know, you're just saying, oh, the players, oh, this this rush, we tried it five times, it never worked. And yeah, we're not calling it when we're supposed to, right? But if you do it when they're force buying, like when they have, you know, FAMAS's M4s, not a lot of money, not a lot of utility, and then all of a sudden we win a flawless round, and then it's like, oh, yeah, but they didn't have everything. Yeah, well, we wouldn't call it if they have all yeah. the money. You know, like that, that that's the whole point of it, right? In in this particular situation, this can be a very good round because I also wanted to get away from when they don't have a great buy, the thing you do is just play it slow and wait it out. Like, because I would see when we were playing and someone does that and we have no utility, it's really hard to hold, right? You need to get a little bit lucky. Some player has to have a big round. So just, you know, we can we can do that too. There has to be so many more moves these days, right? Like the, the you have different approaches that we talk about defaults a lot and that kind of, and, and I think we spoke last time 
you were saying, Yanko, that uh, to be the best team or one of the best teams in the world, you have to play pretty default heavy Counter-Strike. But it's like the yeah. intricacy now of the moves in between, right? Like, okay, so we have this information from the default. This is how we need to be able to react. Like the combination of those is like the difference. How many different combos of those options and moves do you have available to you as a squadron, right? That that right now is like the difference maker. And that's what comes down to when we're talking about being on the same page, right? Is the fact that if this is why Cadian's calling style is super impressive when it works because it's so reactive and there's always a pop flash. There's always something, there's a boost. There's some, and they're able to react with a minute 55 as you're leaving spawn and probably to the viewer seems like a long time. But after you've defaulted, waited out like on nuke, the hot molly, the squeaky molly, then they've thrown three fucking smokes towards door, right? After you've like, you're already down to like the last like 30 seconds in the round where decisions have to be be made, like, and they're the cutthroat decisions, right? Like that's where Counter-Strike today, I think is at its, well, obviously it's peak, right? But that's what I think is like the, the biggest factor when you compare now to Counter-Strike a couple years ago is just all the different teams with all the different decisions that they have to be able to make and how well organized and well executed they have to be. Um, okay, I said I wanted to pivot. I wanted to talk about how much you guys are like playing still these days, right? Because other than I'd say the average matchmaking games that we play together, I haven't been playing a lot lately. I've, I, I had this period where I was enjoying getting up early in the mornings and playing with Maniac. It's yeah. been the player breaks. So a lot of people have been MIA. You know, I'm not I'm not brave enough just to message Get Right and say, Hey, hey, Get Right, can I can I play with you? You know, I, I haven't been I haven't been keeping keeping my hours up. I gotta get I gotta get back in the groove. I've been sitting there playing too much fucking DayZ. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't I'm, I'm like the NA players. I don't I don't play Counter Strike when I'm back home in North America. Oh, and I only, in Europe, I, exclusively. I only I only play with you guys. Or when you guys are playing, I'll play with like 120 ping from time to time. Uh but but yeah, I I just kind of when I get to Europe and like Cologne and we have the PC in the room, I, I catch up. I played like I probably played like 10, 12 hours of two v twos with Henry during Cologne. Is the is the competition in North America that bad, Jason? Have I been I downplaying know. I, this? Dude, I honestly got I haven't played a game of Counter Strike in North America. I can't even remember the last time it was. Maybe that's what be... needs to change. You've yeah, got to maybe. get back on the matchmaking side. Now know, that they've adjusted the ranks, you could be the man. I don't have, you know, I don't have Counter Strike friends. I have Scrawny. I could message Scrawny and Launders. I could See, there you go. Uh, yeah. You could, you could hit them up. There, you could. Well, I can't. I'm so excited, Jason. I just, you know, I don't, you know, I'm getting to that age, Yanko, where I have to like schedule my gaming time. <laughs> that like, is I gotta, true. I got to look at my oh, calendar, no. and I'm like, I got like three meetings. I've got like this there work I need to get so. done. Uh, it's like, uh, man, I, I've got like maybe like a two hour gap here. I could play some Counter Strike, and I mean, once you you can't you can't solo queue Counter Strike, can you? Is that even I a thing? I tried it on Faces. No, like, no, sometimes do it. it's not great. Yeah, sometimes so then I gotta it's add, real good. And then I gotta add like another person's you know schedule into my life that I'm that I'm working around and True. you know you know it's, it gets difficult. See, this is why you you have just summarized right there why players after they turn thirty have a hard time being pros. You've just yeah. you've summarized it. You know, there, yeah. there's too much yeah. other shit going on. I was like, I got to do this shit with the house. I got to call this person. I got to do this kind of work. I got my girlfriend's schedule. I got to, you know, she's got a two hour break. I got to walk the dogs at some point. I got to take the trash out. <sighs> well, we got to get in the server soon. This is a thing, right? Cat food just today, I think, released uh, Tuscan. Tuscan completely. So now it's, it's fully released. Uh, Catfood's probably not going to listen to this, but he did email me like this was a couple months ago, like a look at the map, and I I had a look at it on my laptop. I think this was during the major, but I didn't really have a chance to like sit down and prop properly reply. We didn't have 
we had PCs at the major, just no internet. So that was kind of a problem. Um, so I had to look at it on like the Wi-Fi in the green room. Wait, wait, what? You guys had PCs in your hotel room at the major with no internet? Yeah, they had to have uh, people who wanted Why? it had to have uh, like wireless wireless dongles, and I and I think they had to go out and buy those. So I was like, save the money, like don't worry about it. It's it's fine. I, I just have to watch the games. I don't have to be on the PC. So I didn't Ugh. I didn't bother asking for a wireless dongle. Um, yeah. which in hindsight was the hotel internet was really bad, but the hotel didn't have the hotel, I think told them there was going to be the ethernet ports and there wasn't. So that, I, that was, I think a bit of an issue. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, anyway, th- this is what I'm saying. We're going to have to get in because if Tuscans, I, the rumor is Tuscans coming into the, the map pool right now, whether or not it's coming in, in official capacity, like esports, what we do it, the rumor is it's going to come into counter-strike. So people will be able to play it in matchmaking. Uh, and because we are old, we should have an immediate advantage. Um, so yeah, uh, that's all I'm saying. Well, and when Vertigo came out, I remember we you, you were le- leaving the uh, Vertig Vertigang on, yeah. uh, on early strategy adoption. So Same with we could probably yeah, we could probably hit the hit the bricks with uh, with Tuscan for sure. What's the uh, I what's the overrun on this map just completely failing? Uh, I don't know. It's it has so much hype behind it. I I think the issue with it is maybe. I don't know. I'd have to play around on it a bit more before I could could critique it. But why 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 do you say that? You think it's it's not going to have a place because of of the map and the fact it's a, it's CS:GO and not Source or one point six. Yeah, and I think the last time we saw, remember, like they tried to bring Cash back, and I mean it wasn't a great remake of Cash. Early on, Cash is for those who don't know, essentially the exact same map for the most part. There's a couple a couple changes of maybe a two significant really changes. And yeah. then he, he he dialed back the greenness. Wait, why am I saying cash? I, I meant uh, you're talking about mill. Yeah, I'm talking about mill. Why am I saying cash? Yeah, I don't know. no, Tuscan is the same as mill, uh, essentially. Uh, and mill tried to come back into the game and in early stages in in CS:GO, and it failed. It failed horribly. But nobody if, wanted to play it. But if Valve put it like so, when you queue matchmaking, you're gonna play it. Like it's the like the ones that are there now. I think it's like, yeah. I mean, let's like be Iris honest and something. If if Valve wants it in the pool, they don't care if it's if it's technically you know shit by some standard. That's just going to be played. We're just going to adopt it. We've seen that over and over, and they'll make changes. And I think they do a good job of making those changes, even if they are a bit slow. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think for instance, I think the B bomb site is really gross on Tuscan. I actually hate the B bomb like site. I hate everything about it. It used to be up a ladder. Well, it used to be up a higher ramp, and then there was yeah. like a ladder. It, it was a bit different before. But Ancient, there's so many angles coming into that map. But Ancient has been. It was added to the active duty map pool, replacing Train. Uh, when did this happen? Right before I am summer. That's right. Last year. So it's so it's like end of been, May. It's already been over a year. So this yep. would be curious, right, to see what what Valve's intentions are. Like, if it's like what they normally do. What they normally do is they put it in and then me, Henry, Alex, Rush, and our friend called Jay all get in matchmaking and geek out on it for the three to six months that it's only in matchmaking and then they add it to the pool. So I, I feel like if it does, because this is only rumored, right? It's meant to be, it was seen by one of these like data miners that uh, Tuscan and a map called Prime were being tested or something apparently. So th- this is, oh, I want to I pitch something to the two of you here. Now, Yanko and, and, and Jason, tell me what you think about this. We are... Uh, Edging ever closer to the 10-year anniversary of Counter-Strike, right? Uh, of CSGO, right? Of, uh, yeah. of the game being released August 21st, 2012. Um, now, when 
Rush and I have a lot of like thoughts and ideas and we're like, we're like on the conspiracy fringes of like extremes here of what's going to, nothing that we say is probably going to happen, but I'd love to like get me and Rush to sit down and talk you through like all the leaks of this and that and what we, and we think like opposite things are going to happen and talk through what we think is going to happen with this and get you guys to judge who seems like it's more likely of a story that we can get. Cause I think that could be a bit of fun. Cause we're both like, we got these mega conspiracy, this connected to that type bullshit. Like Tuscans, it kind of included in this, right? We're expecting a an update for the ten year anniversary of the game. Are you, Yanko? Surely you're expecting an update in I don't know what is it, ten days time? Well, you'd you'd hope so, right? And and when it's you say update, you, you don't just also mean you know like uh, whatever anniversary update that is just you know adding some things to to. Uh... You think Source Two this early? No, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm just saying you would hope it's like an operation or something, right? At the very yeah. least, that it's not just oh yeah, ten years. Here's a coin or whatever. We're gonna throw something on the maps, and that's it. You hope it's a bigger update. That's what I'm hoping for, like a new operation. There'll definitely be stickers, right? Because they're getting people to work on those. There'll probably be some form of of um, skin case. I don't think it's gonna be any major gameplay update if there is one. And if they do, I think that would be a huge mistake. Although I think that's again, coming later. I think it's coming, yeah, but I think it, it's coming it has later. to be. I don't think they could make such a such a I don't think they could like for instance, yeah, I don't think they would do any kind of massive gameplay update this close to a major, and especially considering I think they'd I mean, in theory, if they're gonna follow their own rules in terms of uh the RMRs and the online qualifier. Actually, it's not even worth going down that road. But yeah, I think any major gameplay has to come after Rio. Um, there's going to be some kind of a cutesy little... Maybe they'll put chickens in like party hats again. Yeah, that could be fun. Remember, we, we've had pumpkins before. We've had like the, the ghosts. Ghosts. Yeah, yeah ghosts. They've, they've definitely... Maybe we should Christmas have some lights. different animals on different maps. Christmas okay. lights, that's true. Yeah, the, the bomb as well. The the Christmas wrapper bomb, that one. What was... animal would you put on Tuscan? Oh, uh, I don't know. It's themed in like Italy or something. So yeah. I, you could go chickens again. Uh, I was like, say, there's genuinely roosters while I'm walking around out here in Malta and we're pretty close to Italy. So you could you could definitely do chickens as well. Uh, something else I see a lot of is stray cats. Um, and I know that yeah. the game Stray at the moment is a pretty it's a pretty big deal. People are okay. uh, enjoying that one. I, I know you like your solo games, you two. Yeah. Maybe you could play one I about a lost a... cat. I am more of a solo gamer. I've been I've been grinding God of War pretty hardcore these these past couple weeks, even though I beat the game already. Are you gonna paint yourself? What is this? The guy's painted uh, painted white. Is he painted white? I think he's just a giant. Uh, I think he's just a white man painted with like some designs of red tattoos. Oh, I thought he was like that. Was like that was all war paint. I think what I did was I confused it with a video I saw of a very Jack dude get painted as this guy and then walk through a uh, convention a, hall. Uh, no, he, he walked through like a supermarket, not a supermarket, a mall. Uh, that's that's the right that's the right terminology. I'm okay. For yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. That's that's my bad. I didn't re- I don't know the lore of these characters. I'm just looking now on Google Images. He's just got a beard and uh, some red paint. He's just a big old badass, dude. Yeah, I think like for me, it's I enjoy those because the only way I can play Counter Strike is like with a full five man. Yeah, but, yeah. Like solo, I can't do anything, and yeah, that and that's probably the only multiplayer game that I can really play. I, I played Dota before, but it's been too long since I played it. I would probably suck now, and you know, it's not no fun to play something and to suck at it. So yeah, with Pro League coming up and all that stuff, that's usually when I just zone out and focus on you know doing the show playing games and trying to to work out basically 
while at home i tend to spend more time with like friends and i play a couple of games here and there to be honest i haven't played like this summer much i, I need to upgrade my pc to overhaul it completely get a and so on so apparently there's yeah, new we, video cards coming out soon actually I yeah it should be like true. in october november something like that the, the 40 series from nvidia but also i don't know if you will be able to get your hands on one <laughs> from all the miners and shit so hit up uh, hit up hopefully. someone from ESL Yanko. Say you want to do some content for a for a PC company. Oh yeah, they're all about that, man. Yeah, well <laughs> may, maybe you you get That's, yeah. That worked out great for us <laughs> in the past. You have to like bag for six months to get Listen, like, a using... processor from Intel, like for the show match, right? And then you wait for it for a year. I remember those PCs that Chad and I don't know who Henry were supposed Henry, to yeah, get. Yeah. It was a it wasn't like basically I, I think in the end you guys were like it's better if we just paid for a PC than what we had to go through to get it. Yeah, we ended yeah. up getting laptops, which <laughs> are probably coming towards the end of their shelf life. But we were we were excited to get some some desktop PCs. But you know, you know, we we take what we can we can get around here, I suppose. Moral, moral of the story. Yeah, well, I, that's how I got my PC, Yanko. I was just trying to help you out. No, well, you, PC. You, you got yeah so so you was it you jordan and trace me, jordan and trace yeah. so yeah it was meant to be me henry and alex we're on this call it was meant to build a pc they're like oh what do you want your dream pc to be like it's meant to be this whole fucking gimmick thing and yeah. i think uh i think freya james and dan had done something yeah they, they did one as well it. yeah yeah and we were and they were like oh yeah we're gonna do it and they're like oh yeah but we can fly you here or this that and covid started so then i guess they canned it and because you guys were all in the states kind of made a, made a lot of COVID. sense they couldn't get anybody to malta even though three of us were in malta it's not like that you know the pc parts might take a while to, to get out here to even fucking build the computer so uh yeah we we lost our computers we never really had them i guess is the moral of the story you, hey, you that don't was... count your chickens before they hatch that was a that was a crazy shoot that one i we went out to la for that and it was like the whole thing was just like it was almost like a it was almost filmed like a little bit like a reality show of just talking through experience of building pcs in the past and everything but we were in this like giant warehouse set and just to like film this was like it was it's so funny contrasting this to like just being talent at an event because we're we're talent at an event what we like we have we have our we have our talent manager uh who's awesome kinga who's great um but that's like really kind of it the that's only person it. like we're yeah. pretty self-sustaining people as, as it is um and even the show is usually like what two or three cameramen two static cameras and all that jazz and then the production staff well we went out to this recording for the pcs and there was like there was the three of us we had two talent managers um and there was maybe like there was maybe like 25 people of production just to make this short like 15 minute video and I was I was just so confused at the scale of of this of this filming. It's kind of like and it made you realize a couple of things, didn't it, Jason? <laughs> yeah, I need to, I need to start charging more money. Like, <laughs> apparently, people got plenty of cash going around to have that kind of a production for this content. Just I feel like directly. I feel like there's got to be like an eighteen, like a seventeen or eighteen year old like YouTuber out there who could have made the video just himself in like three days. You know. Yeah, it's interesting where you see some money going to certain things, and you're like, why? Like, what? Why is that what you chose to? And but the, and this is the thing, like, where we don't shout out to the view one time. We're outside of that uh, that circle, but I feel like there's a lot of things, and I'm not saying that you, Jordan, and Trace getting PCs out of this is a, is a bad thing here, but there's like so many things that that can be done, and. I don't know. That's why we we started here. We started talking about this with broadcast, and maybe maybe we end it here. But I I feel like that's why 
one reason I want to do this this podcast and hopefully we can can do a little bit more of it. And I don't know, like I mentioned the Rush thing, if you guys want to do that later in the week or something, if we have time, um, sit down with Rush and you guys can hear our raging, raging debate. Um, but uh, is because like actually being able to sit down on broadcast and have these type of conversations is becoming more few and far between where we can actually just sit and have a chat about, you know, what we think. We didn't really get too much into what's going on with uh, the Counter-Strike scene at the moment, but I kind of like that. Like, that's going to yeah, get yeah, hashed out elsewhere. We can definitely bring up, like last week we spoke a lot about G2, right? This week you mentioned the Spinks Vitality one. Maybe we we cap off talking about that because I think um, it's a very ambitious move by uh, by Vitality to be trying to get somebody who is as important as Spinks for Ents to join that team. Like now you can see a future for the team if the project with Dupree, Apex and Magis, well, Magis is still young, but the other two doesn't work because Spinks is pretty young and Zywoo is pretty young. And both of them are like star players who you could definitely still build around those two or three if you include Magisk and you, you know, come to the shelf life end of Dupree and Apex. I don't know. Like it seems like a really ambitious move. They they clearly want to, they want to be the best Counter-Strike team in the world if you're making a move of, of this this size, right? Or do you think that it's, am I maybe overblowing this a little bit? Well, I think uh, it's, I think it's more desperation. Really? Okay. <laughs> I don't think you're overblowing. I think when they made the team, I said, who is the second star of this team? Like, who's the star rifle? Who's the electronic, you know, of that team? Who's going to be that for Zaibu? And, you know, you would think maybe Magus, you, you would have ideally wanted it to be Misuta because he's young, right? And then he's like skilled and wanted to take a bigger step. In the end, it turned out it was probably Dupree for the most time, which was, which was a little bit strange, but... I feel like you need to have that star rifler in addition to Zaiwu that's really going to help him. And, uh, and I think for Spinks, he's played incredibly well for Mans, and, and you feel like he is competent to, to take that leap, right? So I think it's like a necessary move. I think it's a, a great move for them. I still don't know if it's going to be enough, right? If the increase in firepower is going to help them and they're going to have you know some better results and then the chemistry is going to be better or are they going to continue with some of the struggles a little bit of the communication issues and whatnot because the level uh that phase and avi are playing at is like incredibly high so so you need to improve by a lot to be able to compete with them on a consistent basis i actually i think yeah, go on, Chad. I was just going to say, it feels like Spinks has a lot of space, like in Ents, to do what he needs to do or like have the positions he needs to have. So I'm curious if that's going to continue in, in Vitality, how, how that even made that work. Yeah, you'd hope he's got like a little personality to kind of demand he gets gets some of the things that he wants. Um, I think, well, the funny thing about this move is I actually don't even think Vitality is the most interesting team to talk about when it comes to this move. Like, I think this is a super fun to talk if, if you look at it from the Ents perspective. Okay. Um, considering they, they lose Spinks. But then they just they bring in Sun Pius. <laughs> like that's that's crazy. Well, the, the report it's not official yet. Um, but I mean, there's even a report on who Movie Star is going to start, you know, or Movie Star is going to start looking at to replace Sun Pius. So I have to assume this ends movies. So you lose Spinks, you bring in Sun Pius for Hades, who you bench, and then I assume like why wouldn't you just go back to Snacks? Right? Would have to be the player that they're talking to to bring in for Spinks. I don't know. I ha I have absolutely no idea. I feel like there's like a lot of riflers that they could get. Like it it really feels like there's a lot of riflers that they could get for this team here because Spinks has such a a role that a lot of players would would love to be in. So 
I don't know. I haven't heard anything regarding who who's going to fill the boots of Spinks or Ents. I think they're going for some pious is like them getting on the offensive though. I feel like Ents going, okay, shit. If Vitality come for Spinks, well, we need to we need to make a move so we don't because the conversation I think with Ents was, oh, they probably won't make a move going into the break. Well, this has been forced on them by Vitality coming after their boy, right? And now they've gone, oh shit. Well, we're backed into a corner. Let's do what we can. But then I I, I don't know who who can they get. As I said, there's a lot of right names for the rifle, but I don't know who would be the the best fit. Like I don't I don't know who just goes. Oh yeah, let's just grab them. They make a lot of sense. Like Zyphon, but there's rumors with him going to sprout. The uh, the article on the report says that Ants is, uh has expressed interest, according to sources, uh, about uh, Faven from Big. Okay. Uh, Loun X from Sprout. Okay. Lounx. Uh and Fosher. Uh, okay, I can't get him. He's gone to Fnatic. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, the, I mean, it's that, that I actually, as much as I would like it for the nostalgia hit, I think Smack, Snacks would be a bad decision just due to age. I think he's a player to like complete a roster. I think they probably need to aim for someone a little bit younger. Yeah. My mind. So it's a weird one. This well, is a, a weird I think one. also you'd hope that they'd get an, an cash injection from the Spinks deal, right? Because usually yeah. Ants is a team that gets, you know, cheaper. Maybe a little bit unproven players, or you know, someone like Fab and like Dikab was in Sprouts as well before they got him, right? And you sort of take a gamble on them that mm. they, they can play at the at the next level. Uh, so you, you're hoping that would help them, but I think also, I mean, the Sam Pius one is I'm not a hundred percent sold on on that one in a sense of first for him leaving a full Spanish lineup to play in an international team just as they're starting to do really well. He's like, why do it now? I think that's going to be a, a big hit for, for Movistar. Then on the other side of things, yes, they had those two great tournaments, and I think he had a, a, a decent run, a, an above-average run at Pro League as well. But I'm not sure that's, like, enough. You know, I'm I'm still not 100% sold on him. And also, okay. especially considering we were talking about it, even in, in Cologne, I feel like as Dexter was available, why not pull the trigger then and go for Dexter. Like the, the, there you have no doubts. There's no question yeah. marks about Dexter, right? And and uh, I, I think I was even saying it, that if they were to get him instead of Hades, I could see them potentially getting making a run at, at a tournament this year. But people were, I, I don't know, I think people were overhyping and really and not really looking at their style of play and also underestimating the fact that they don't have any stage any real stage experience and, and and not that much big game experience on LAN and so on and so on i was convinced they weren't going to win a tournament this year with with that lineup with spinks and and hades right like there's too many other good teams there that the only way they would have done it is if you know someone else knocks out phase and navi and whatnot and then they have an easier run uh in the in the final or or whatnot so yeah mm -hmm. i'm not i i'm not super convinced about the san pius thing I, I i wouldn't you know yeah i guess you could say he's an upgrade over hades but maybe by a little bit i, I don't think he's some outwardly talent where it's like yeah we if, if this guy's available i mean he wasn't even available but you know if we can get this guy we have to get him, you know? That, that's why I think they went on the offensive though, Yanko, right? Is because if Spinks is going, you need to cover that somehow. So they've gone, okay, well, how can we deal with that deficit? Okay, other star role, Orpa, maybe we can get a little bit more out of some Pius. I, I agree with you. It, it's a risk, right? Like you can understand where the, where the decision is coming from, right? Uh, and, and maybe they feel that they have to take this risk because losing Spinks is going to 
potentially be devastating to this team, right? It's then which rifler is going to be competent enough to fill that void and give you consistency, right? Because are we going to find another Sphinx? It's going to be really difficult to do. So that I, I get what you're saying there. Like they, they should have struck earlier, right? But I feel like they've only started to make the decision to change when Vitality came knocking, right? If Vitality didn't come knocking, I think Ence is exactly the same as what they went into the player break with. This is a this is them having to react to something that was probably a bit of an unforeseen circumstance here. But Vitality have a lot; they've got a lot of cash money, right? So it wouldn't surprise me if they're going after uh, Spinks quite aggressively from Ents. That's that's I mean, a consideration there. If if you use the the top thirty filter on HLTV and you look at land games this year, Spinks is fifth rated player. <laughs> you know, yeah. behind Simple Blames, I won equal. So. Yeah, that's you know it's impossible to to find a replacement for that guy straight up. I mean, not for the budget that that Ants has. So it's probably gonna mean someone else taking a bigger role initially, while they figure out you know which player they can they can get or whoever they get you know takes a bit of a more supportive role. Yeah, I, I think may, like they, they can definitely get a bit more out of Diha. Listen, or Madden can do more. I, I was I was still uh, I, I think Malbs could be a good pickup for an international team. He speaks really, really good English. I think he went to high school in the US or something like that. Okay. And I think that Zero Zero Nation team, the lineup that they had like just wasn't great. You know, the, the team just wasn't working well and no one could really play up to their potential in that lineup. So I think that could be an option that's not too expensive. He's shown flashes. What was the name of that? Was It, it wasn't pain. It was... Maybe it was pain where he played before going to to zero zero nation doesn't doesn't matter really but you know for that, that team one team one yeah. yeah so I think maybe that's he's nineteen years old right so that's someone you can take a gamble on even for a season right and just go for it and and, and see how it works out and then if not well it's not the end of the world you you can still maybe wait for the next player break and see if you have some better names available. Yeah, I, I, I was I was surprised about the I've I almost feel, I don't know if feel bad is the right word but I was actually surprised to see Sun Pius even leave Bobby Star. Yeah, to be right. Honest with you, that, yeah, that me one too. came I, out of nowhere. I, I, that's the thing. That's why, like a lot of these, when I heard the Sphinx thing, I was like, I have a hard time believing Sphinx is going to leave unless they're offering him like the world. And then when I saw the thing with Sun Pius, I was like, why? Like, yeah. What? Yeah, you, but you just made it to the top ten. Like, I—that's the thing. We've seen this before, right? Where teams know that they overperformed or maybe they peaked, right? Like this decision is now is is probably a good one for some pious. But from the the shine that we have of them from the run that they just managed towards the tail end of the season, maybe yeah. you think they're being overhyped as well, Yanko? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think so as well. And I think the timing of it, as you guys have said, is just weird. Like, because you always wanna. Play with your countrymen more than anything yeah, else really right so to me yeah. so it's usually when you can't really you know when you're way way better than any team that you have right that's why you go international for the nico probably the best example for that out of you know tier one players so yeah. i i think um that was just kind of weird and also the sphinx things make sense because vitality can pay him whatever he wants like they, they can yeah. lure him with money you know ants is not gonna you know, the, the, it's probably it's definitely going to be better than what he gets in Movistar, but it's not going to be something crazy, right? True. So either that difference means a lot to him and his situation, we we don't know that, or you know, 
it it has to do with with some other things right the the in-team dynamics or maybe he felt himself that they overperformed and this is a great chance for him to like move his career to the next level because obviously if you do well in a team like ants right and you showcase your potential well then any international team is an option for you true yeah right? and remember too they're they're in the louver agreement as well so i mean they, they're gonna have way more visibility at esl events and get to skip a lot of the a lot of the bullshit that mobby star has to play through not with blast as we know from snappy but but this is ESL. Yeah. <laughs> this is where there is an issue right like and this is where we could start going on for days here but i'm pretty sure esl just announced their groups right and Movistar, if they've put these groups in order by seeding, then Movistar end up being the second seed in Group D alongside of Cloud9, Liquid, Furia, EG, and Eternal Fire. So like Movistar with this new guy, Martinez something or other, I think it's his name, uh, it's like Martinez SA, but I think it's, I think that's his last name or something. Um, but now like with, with this with this group, it's like, well, fuck, this isn't a very strong group now that you take Movi out who, who lose one of their star players. Right, you now have like a really, and this is the flowing effects of this shit. This is, this is the unfortunate side of this. Like this change is going to happen. I guess they haven't had to submit their shit to Pro League, or Pro League have had to announce the groups already because they have some dumb deadline to let everybody <laughs> know. Right, but it, to me, it just seems stupid. Like it's like now we're going to have this group that's going to be weaker be, because of these facts. And I don't know. Maybe there's no way around it. Maybe group A is going to be a bloodbath. Group A is no, crazy. No, but this is. This yeah, is just, just this is just an extension of what it is of why like this is just a, a problem born of having a scene whose calendar is completely cluster fucked. And that's not even I mean that's not even the worst of the scheduling situation. Why don't we just grab the on. 16 best actually there's 24 teams here. I was going to say why don't we just grab the 16 why don't we just grab the best 24 teams actually? Why don't we grab the 24 teams about the major and actually then we'd have the same <laughs> we don't have the same teams at every event. Uh there has to be an easier solution, man. Like fuck well it's it's hard too because also remember like depending on their like I, I don't i don't know how much of it would be affected by this and i haven't had like any kind of glimpses behind the scenes and when it comes to scheduling and in, in quite some time but um i mean even even if like your your you know schedule around a certain event is busy you can kind of mess with the seating a little bit right that's why seating sometimes is a little bit looks a little bit poor is because it's like look at look at my like i'm playing in this event which is a qualifier for the major which overlaps with group a so there's no way i can play in it and then you know but then they have to move them somewhere else so your seating sometimes doesn't even necessarily matter you know you that, get you that's shuffle around just based I on a calendar that, that can even happen right like and i think we know that happens all the time and that's insane man that like that should have nothing to do with how groups are determined it's fucking crazy <laughs> like yeah. don't you think about that when you when you look at group oh the groups are going to be impacted because of other people's schedules like sorry what the fuck are we doing like yeah man that just oh man I'll, i can tell you some stories that i'll yeah I'll, I'll tell you some stories make your blood boil north america i bet you guys were changing everything well you know it was during covid you got to give us a little bit of a break we got to fly during a pandemic but but yeah well we, just I mean, do we... what tyloo and and renegades did just don't fucking leave <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure sure that'll go well now we need it we needed to see you yeah well yeah it would have been nice if you guys could have came to our to our side of the pond once in a while it's a bit scary over there at the moment jason is you it? guys Is you it? guys had a lot of crazy shit going down uh, no more than usual, I feel. Yeah, I, I know, but in in Europe, we kind of, we we. I, I'm basically European now. I think you guys, Europe you is obsessed with America, but obsessed with like demonizing them. Yeah, that's fair. Well, Americans at the moment are obsessed with demonizing America too. But so, we love but, Disneyland. 
Disneyland's pretty cool. Universal Studios, I think, is better, but Disneyland's cool. Okay, boys. I think we're at the end of uh, end of episode two. Wow. Ever- Thoughts, yeah. questions, concerns, comments. I don't know. Do, what do you guys do? You want anything imp- improved? We're on uh, Google Podcast now. It just got approved just the other day. Wow. We're on Anchor.fm and we're on Spotify now. Look, I'll be honest. When I used Anchor FM in the past, it automatically uploaded the podcast to everywhere. Now they've been bought by Spotify. And now all of these other companies make it super oh, difficult. So like good for Spotify. I love I love corporate umbrellas. Uh, it's kind of upset me a little bit that it's not as easy. But let me just read to you the other options here. And if you guys want any of these options available, I mean the two of you, not the viewers at home, I will try and make it possible. We've got Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Cast Box, Amazon Music, Overcast, and Apple Podcasts. Wow, just podcasts really are the in thing right now, aren't they? Everyone's trying to grab a slice of the podcast pie. Well, this is where I can upload it to so people can can listen in any ways they want. I think Apple Podcast, but I think I have to make a fucking iTunes account or something. So I'll have to look into that. Um, but yeah, is, there, is it, we, maybe we could get some actual... Um, if Let's do this. If we Maybe make- iHeartRadio? Okay, I heard you talk about that. I think that's like a sponsor. I'll look into it. I'll look into <laughs> iHeartRadio. But if we manage to do 10 episodes, then I think we should look at actually getting some proper um, some podcast art, cover art made. If, if okay. we make it to 10, right? Because then- Cover art, I feel branding. like we can pull it off. I, that's, we should give it a go because this is pretty easy. Getting on TeamSpeak, having a chat for an hour and a half and uploading it to the internet seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, this is all good. This is all okay. gravy. All right. Well, that's it. Say later. All right. Cheers. See ya.